Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will be teaching us from Genesis 1 how God did not predestinate us to believe or receive salvation, but rather believe on our own free will. And in turn, God knowing we'd believe predestinates us to be conformed to the image of His Son. This message is available for free download on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast on iTunes.com, or you can go and download free messages at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Messages are always available for free listening, free download, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also get past and previous messages there on the website, friendshipwithgod.org, or the iTunes podcast. Now, every Thursday and Friday, we have Throwback Thursday and Flashback Friday messages from the early messages of Genesis with Tom Cantor and his Old Testament teaching. And we've got another message for you today, this Thursday and this Friday. And how we provide these free messages for you, the listener, is through donations that come in to the Friendship with God radio program. Through our online donations, you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. Just click on the donate button, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also mail in your support to Friendship with God. Our P.O. Box is 711-330. That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's Santee, S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071, 92071. So again, that P.O. Box is 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. You can find that information also available on our website, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us for any information at 1-800-247-3051. We can take your donation right over the phone, 1-800-247-3051. Again, it's 1-800-247-3051. Now let's begin our teaching with Tom Cantor from the Old Testament today in Genesis 1-1 and how a child or child of God can understand creation and how God foreknew all about what would happen to his creation before the foundation of the world. Isaiah 53.10, and you get the contract. Here's the contract in Isaiah 53.10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, who? The Lord. Hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That's the contract. The word when, you see the word when, when thou shalt make his, so it's not a bad word, when, it's okay. But in the Hebrew, it's the word im, which means if. So that's a contract, if. Contracts have ifs. If, God the Father, so he says the contract is, God the Father has bruised God the Son, actually put him to death on a cross. And if, that's the word im, if you put your guilt on his soul, Then God promises three benefits in this contract. Benefit number one, he'll make you a child. You're my son, you're my daughter, you're my child of God. Second, he says, is this death? Don't worry about that. I'm going to prolong your days. I'm going to give you eternal life. And third, I'll use you in life. And I'm going to have God's pleasure prosper in your hand. Your hand, God's going to pleasure. It's a very, very simple contract. He says, you know, he comes to the contract. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. I put my whole faith, my whole trust in the goodness of God who gave his son, his only son, spoken about here in Isaiah 53, the Lord Jesus Christ who died for my sins. 
I'll become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for giving me, for, for forgiving me and making me his child, giving me what I don't deserve, eternal life, and using me in life. Sign, sign there, sign. That's what God's saying. Sign, sign. That's the contract. And he pushes that contract across the table to every man with the empty signature line, and he waits to see who's going to sign the contract. Only he has an advantage because he knows who's going to sign the contract because he's God. But he drew up that contract for every person. He didn't just draw up the contract for you. He didn't just draw up the contract for me. He's drawn it up for every person because he made every person and he loves every person. And so how do you know that there's a contract for every, per- for every person? Because that's what it says in 1 Timothy 2.4. Who will have all men, everyone, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? And for 2 Peter 3, 9, where it says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slack, slackness, but is long-suffering. He suffers a long time. He's very patient. To us, word. He's not willing that anyone should slip through the cracks. He's not willing that anyone should perish. He's not willing that anyone should slide off the deck of the Titanic. He is not willing for that. He, is, he wants all, everyone, should come to repentance. Those verses mean that God has filled out a contract, a promise of life contract for every person. Already has got their name on it, already signed by God, just waiting. The thought of a sinner dying, God cries out, No, give him another chance. Give him another chance. A little bit longer of life. Don't let the sinner die yet. Don't let that sinner die yet. Again, more leading him to repentance. More, more. Let's see if he repents. Let's see if he signs a contract. So, Romans 8.29 says, Whom he did foreknow. He knew in the, before the beginning who's going to sign the contract. And he knew who was going to say, No, I don't want to sign. And he's not forcing anyone to sign that contract. That decision is totally up to the person. But for those that he knew who would sign the God's contract and become one of the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ, God started to work for their benefit before the, in the beginning, before the foundation of the world. He starts working for their... Why? Because that's the kind of God he is. He is really excited about redemption, so much so, he doesn't sit there and say, well, let's see, we'll just wait till time comes, and we'll, we'll do something for him. No, no, no. From the beginning, now turn to Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, and we're going to see one of the things that God did, what God was doing before Genesis 1, 1, before in the beginning, and that's Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Now here it says, it says this, Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that would be the before in the beginning. So let's see what he chose us for. That we should be holy, without blame, before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. You shall see his seed, remember? By, Christ, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 
God was so excited about what he was, what he knew, who he knew was going to choose and sign the contract. He actually wrote down their names before they even did it. He wrote down their names. He called that that book. He wrote it down in Revelation 17. He called it that uh, a book of life. He said he wrote it down there before Genesis 1:1. He was so excited about the contract and who would sign it that he just couldn't wait. And so he 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 said, "This is going to be really good." This is what God's saying this is going to be really good, and so I'm going to plan for them, and I'm going to predestinate that they should, and I'm going to chart out their course. They're going to be holy. How are they going to be holy? I'm going to give them a new heart. So it's not going to be the external, oh, I've got to do this. It's going to be the internal, I want to do this. He says, I'm going to give them a new heart. I'm going to make them excited about doing the right thing. And then I'm going to make them blameless. How are you going to do that, God? I'm going to, watch me, I'm going to clothe them in the righteousness of the right, the only righteous man who ever lived. My son, the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, his righteousness, I'm going to clothe them in that. And so they're going to be before me blameless. Blameless? Blameless. Faultless? No, not faultless, not quite faultless, but blameless. Blameless. And <clears throat> he said, then I'm going to adopt them as my child. I'm going to say to them, welcome home, I'm your new father. How about that? You know, I, like my 15-year-old Ethiopian pal who's in heaven now, Temeskin. Remember I told you about him, he died from the bone cancer. But he was adopted by Mary Louise and Bruce Cohen. <laughs> and he became Temeskin Cohen. <laughs> and, and they ended up with three white children and one Ethiopian. Didn't quite look the same, but didn't matter. Because I still remember when I was over at their house, and how shocked I was when Temeskin came up to Mary Louise Cohen and said, Mom. And when he came up to Bruce Cohen and said, Dad. I just, I was like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what happened. That's what happens when you adopt somebody, right? And that scene and that feeling is exactly what, what God, what, what way it is with us. We call God Dad. We call him Abba. We call him Dad. And God did not predestinate who was going to sign the contract. That's the glory of it all. We believe, we signed the contract, knowing who would sign the contract. He just couldn't wait, just predestinating all these great things to happen for them. And he went into action. And man believes God on his own. That's what man does. He just believes man on, uh, believes God on his own, and God saves that man following believing, and he charts a new course for his life. He gives him righteousness of Christ. He predestinates or gives him a purpose of being holy, and wonderful things happen. He chose us to be holy without blame. He decided to adopt us. He decided to save us when we called on him. He did not predestinate us to believe, but he knew who would believe. He chose us to be holy without blame. He decided to adopt us. He decided to save us when we called on him. He did not predestinate us to believe, but he knew who would believe. Now, <clears throat> turn to 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. Another thing God did. All right, 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. Here's the father, Tim, uh, father Paul, speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. And 
it's great that we get these letters, intimate letters between Paul and Timothy, and he says such wonderful things, and God says, yeah, that's pretty good, Paul. I think we'll make it for everybody. We'll just put it in a book called the Bible. And so here it is. He says to Timothy, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me of his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions, subject afflictions, of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose, subject, purpose and grace, which was given us before the world began. So before in the beginning, before... Genesis 1.1, God foreknew all, not only who was going to agree, but he knew all, he saw all the troubles and all the, the, the afflictions that's going to happen and we, that each one of us is going to go through. You know what's happening now in heaven? There's no chaos in heaven. Sometimes it's chaos at my home, but there's no chaos in heaven. And, and nobody is running up to God, you know, and, and, and say, oh, you won't believe it, there was an auto accident. There's no news flashes in heaven. <clears throat> with one of your children, it's just an auto accident. There's no Job situations in heaven. There's no, and while this one's speaking, this one comes and that one comes, and God's going, oh, wait, give me a break here. No, that's not happening in heaven because God knows exactly what w- is happening and will happen in each one of our lives. And before the, in the beginning, he mapped out for us with all that in sight he mapped out for us two things. First, this verse tells us what his purpose is for us in each trial. And second, what grace is going to be given. You know, uh, 14 months ago, as you know, I was in such a back pain. And I called several of you. I called Don and talked about, oh, my back. And Don says, oh, my back. Anyway, and <clears throat> I was in bed, and I didn't know it, but I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer with two tumors. One, the, the causing a pain, the most pain, a spine tumor about the size of an egg, about that large, sitting on the side of the spine, that invaded inside the spine and wrapped itself around the nerves in the spine. <clears throat> I don't recommend that for anybody. The other was the size of a grapefruit. Not exactly, a five and a half inch grapefruit. Pretty good sized grapefruit, about that big. On my spleen, it was right here. It's a big, big mass. You didn't know I could have that inside of me and not know it, did you? I didn't either. I mean, you know why I wear this coat all the time? I'm keeping a secret from you. You know what that secret is? I'm fat. <laughs> That's why I never take the coat off, because I never want to reveal that secret. Well, I was carrying that big tumor there, and I didn't know. And so last Tuesday... I had the PET scan and the CT scans in the morning, and I thought, well, it's fine. You know, I'll trust God. I'll just wait for the results whenever they call. But by the afternoon, you didn't want to be around me. I was so edgy and antsy. I called my friend John. I said, John, why am I edgy and antsy? He says, Tom, if I were you, I would be on pins and needles. And I said, yeah, that's right. I am on pins and needles. I'm calling the radiology department. And I call him up, and I say, I'm on pins and needles. I said, uh, can I get my report? You know, pick it up. Yeah, okay. So the report showed that the spleen tumor had gone from uh, this size, right there, yeah, gone from this size to the black, that size. I still got a little quail egg there. All right. <clears throat> and the spine tumor was gone, disappeared. Boy, that's good, isn't it? And, and every day, uh, I want to tell you that every day, uh, every weekday, we sent out from the company, those who wanted about 200 people, an email, a devotional. 
with a Bible verse. A Bible verse, and then part of the Bible verse is the subject line on the email, and then a one sentence, uh, one sentence about that thought for the day. So many of you get that. And I'm going to tell you how that works. Um, I just give to the, to the person who sends this out about a couple hundred of these at a time. So I collect them over a time, and then I just give them all at one time. And she usually has about a hundred. So there's, there's hundreds of these devotionals, and they just kind of go in whatever order they go in. I don't even know what order they go in. And so I just, uh, I, I just said to them last week, I just said, um, here, just give this little health update about the cancer. Uh, put it in the next uh, email devotional. No idea which devotional that was going to be attached to. And do you know what it was? I want you to turn to it, if you didn't see it. Psalm 118, verse 17. I don't know, when some of you got this email, maybe you were surprised. Let me tell you, I was extremely surprised. Because <laughs> I didn't choose the verse. Psalm 118, verse 17. This is, the, this is the verse that the cancer report went out on. I can't believe it. It says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. When I read that, and I got a, you know, several responses back, and every one of the responses came back with this subject line, I shall not die, but live and declare. I thought, well, that's strange. Why is everybody saying that to me? And <clears throat> when I read that, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand? Yeah, okay, good. Well, <laughs> you're not as excited as I was, but that's all right. Uh, it was more personal, I guess. Anyway, when I read that, I, I said that. I said, oh, that's God's message to me. That's to me. That's my message. God is telling me, you're not going to die. You're going to live and declare. And God healed me. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm declaring. God healed me. I'm going to keep declaring or else I'm going to die. Now, do you think that when I got the cancer, that some angel came rushing into God's court out of breath saying, you don't believe it? It's a pathology report. He's got cancer. Do you think that? No, you don't think that happened, do you? No, no, no. Do you think God's response was, oh, no, what are we going to do? This slipped by me. Why didn't any of your angels you ever tell me about this? Some heads are going to roll for this. He didn't do any of that. Because he, he, God foreknew, and he foreknew, and he knew this wasn't going to, he, he knew this before the in the beginning part. He knew that. And, and he, he said, you know what? We're going to choose before in the beginning, we're going to choose an email. She didn't choose the email. God chose the email. When he chose the email? Before in the beginning. And we're going to attach that to him because I've got to send a message to Tom. And Because you know what happens when you have cancer. You get a remission. You sit there and you say, oh, wonderful, your remission. But there's something in the back of your mind. You know what that is? For how long? you got an incurable cancer. For how long? And God said, I know Tom's going to be worried about that. He really gets on pins and needles easily. So I'll choose the day's devotion for him just to calm him down a little bit. That's impossible. But anyway, God was so excited about that. Now, he was so excited about his contract for redemption. He was overjoyed over those who of their own free will would sign this and become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that before, the, in the beginning, he started to work on their benefit, as we've seen, because he's a God of love. That's a God to keep. That's a God to love. That's a God to adore. He's a keeper. That God, when we see this. But wait, there's more. Now, <clears throat> turn to Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, 
ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for you from the foundation of the world. We're not going to take time to turn to it, but you want to note it down. Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In, in Ephesians 1.18, we're running a little short on time, so I'm just going to read this for you. Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Being enlightened. So that you may know the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's just, how many of you have had a big, giant inheritance? You don't have to raise your hand, but anyway. <clears throat> then we're all going to come to you and ask for money. Anyway. I had an inheritance from my father. My father, the Beverly Hills obstetrician, gynecologist. And my problem was that he had five wives and five common-law wives. So there were ten, ten women. I thought I could make a lot of money writing a book, All the Women in My Father's Life. But anyway, with each one of those ten women who came and went, I watched my inheritance dwindle down. And finally, the last common-law wife, as they were driving on their way to Scripps Green Hospital to, for where he died, She had him drive to Laguna Hills to the lawyer to change the will. So when he died, I got $25, which I never actually received even. I'm waiting for it. All right. He didn't really want me to have the inheritance because I followed the Lord Jesus Christ. But that was all right because God stepped in. I remember when I was really troubled about this, and I thought, you know, Lord, do you see what's going on here? And the verse he gave me was the one he gave to Abraham, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. He said, don't worry about that. And he, and, he, and he did. He took good care of me. Now, Moses is an example of a person who also turned his back, or, or, or his inheritance was turned away from him. When in Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, it says that when he got old enough, come to years, he refused. He said, no, I'm not going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time, for a season, a temporary pleasures of sin. Why? Because he had respect unto the recompense of reward. He respected the inheritance. He respected the reward. He says, am I going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter or am I going to be called the son of God? Am I going to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, for a little short time, or I'll suffer affliction with the people of God and then there'll be great things. Shall I endure the reproach of the Messiah, of Christ, now and his reward, or should I just take everything I can get now in Egypt? Let me weigh it out. Moses went through this. Which one's more valuable? And his conclusion, I'll take God's reward. I'll take God's reward. So, conclusion. God did a lot before the in the beginning of Genesis 1-1 for us because he's good, because he was so excited about, now. yeah, we'll do the creation part. We'll do the creation part next week. And God said, we'll do the creation part. I got something even more exciting than the creation. It's the redemption. And he was so excited about that. And we are the beneficiaries. And we need to, we, and, and you know, when that sinks in, you know, it does. It puts a smile on your face. Wow, God did that for me. And you know what else it does? It puts a broken heart within you. He, I want him to do that for him and for her and for each person because he's not willing that anybody slips through the cracks. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what all that you did because of all that you are, 
all for our benefit. You gave so much. You were so excited. You planned out the holiness part, and you planned out the adoption part, and you planned out the inheritance part, and you planned out the grace and the purpose in our trials. You planned it all out for us, Lord. And that's just so wonderful. And we just, all we want to tell you this morning is thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Again, we need your support as the listener to continue this Bible teaching radio program. Maybe you can make a one-time donation or even a monthly reoccurring donation. We can set you up for that by calling 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. If you can call now, we'll be able to help you with that and set that up. 1-800-247-3051. You can also go online and donate and set up even a recurring donation at Friendship with God. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Now we have a companion study book that goes well with today's message and tomorrow's message. And it's a book called Whosoever Will Versus Fatalism. Whosoever Will Versus Fatalism by Tom Cantor. This book will help you to scripturally understand the questions of what is fatalistic Calvinism and who can resist God's will and what are chosen and changed children, and did God predestinate people to die and go to hell? And this book will show you how we're all faced with a personal crisis of obedience, just as Joseph and Eve both faced those crises to continue to obey God or disobey God. Now, this book examines the character of God and his promises and compares them with the teachings of fatalistic Calvinism and provokes us with the question, what if God misled? What if he misled us? The most eye-opening part of this book is that Tom Cantor himself was once a fatalistic Calvinist. Now, you can obtain a copy of this brand new book by going to our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. Click on the Resources tab, and there you'll find a link to Tom Cantor's materials. Again, friendshipwithgod.org. Click on the Resources tab. You'll find all of Tom Cantor's materials that are available for purchase. So again, friendshipwithgod.org, or you can call us directly for more information or to order the book over the phone, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Or you can go again to our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening to the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor. Join us again next week.